HVAC 360, episode number 43, Free Stats. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I am your host, Matt Nelson. This week, we're going to talk about something that uh, my blog gets a lot of searches um, regarding free stats. Now, I mean, I can I can understand that. They're kind of a little bit mysterious in ways, but yet so essential to the proper safety, uh, operational uh, safety of a unit, um, especially in colder, colder climates. You know, if, you, if you're in warmer climates or in Dubai or anything like that, you know, you may not necessarily have to worry about free stats. But, you know, the rest of us in, in climates where it gets a little bit chilly and we see snow on the ground every time and again, you know, it's it's kind of a, a critical piece because last thing you want to do is is wake up in the middle of the night getting a call saying, "Hey, there's water all over the place. Uh, we had a coil burst in your in your uh, air handling unit." Now, that's what we're gonna we're gonna focus primarily on uh, free stats in air handling units. We're not gonna necessarily go crazy about you know free stats and other other different locations, whether it be in ductwork or, or whatever. But I just basically wanted to cover the, the basic installation and operation of a freestat. It's a little bit nebulous because, you know, you, frankly, you get into these smaller control devices and they seem rather simple, but, you know, there's not a lot of explanation out there uh, to, to, to go through. And, you know, from what I've seen out in the field, it is, it, it is just amazing you know, I read all the literature and I compare Johnson Controls to Siemens to to Honeywell to to whoever you know whoever's uh, stats the free stats that I'm looking at, and uh, you know they all are pretty much very consistent. They're very close together. You look out in the field, it's like somebody just threw up on a coil. You know, they just uh, you know whatever you know whatever whatever floats your boat. They're trying to be artistic. They're they're just stringing this capillary tube wherever they want, and it's and it's really it's I mean it's bad. It's I mean it, it's 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 worthless. You you basically nullify any sort of value that these free stats can actually offer. Now I call them free stats. It you know you can they they go by many different names. Whether you want to call them low temperature cutout devices, uh, low limit devices, uh, low low temperature detection devices. You know just you know you know vapor filled capillary tubes. Whatever whatever you want to call them. Um, I'm just going to call them as a generic term of free stats. Um, even that, even though that might not be the proper term, I think the proper term probably would, if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd settle on low temperature cutout, uh, devices. So, but free stats for now it is. So I just want to first start by putting a disclaimer out there. I have seen a whole bunch of free stats, but I've installed a grand total of zero. Uh, free stats. So I don't really come from a practical experience of actually installing it, but I do come from the standpoint of of seeing bad ones, seeing them misapplied, uh, seeing them not work properly, and uh, you know, frankly, doing my homework and just reading up on uh, exactly what the installation instructions do say. So let's start off by di- by digressing a little bit and dissecting the components of what makes a free stat a free stat. Well, you start off with a uh, a body. You have the body, the the, the sensor body, um, and it is attached to a capillary tube. Essentially, those are the two elements. Not very complicated. Again, um, 
So let's talk about the body first. The body has a couple different components. Typically, you're going to see um, uh, you're going to see the the capillary tube coming out coming out of the bottom of them, and you know sometimes when they're packaged, the capillary tubes like you know all all twisted up. But the uh, the body has a uh, adjustment screw, usually a set screw of some kind, so you can pick the exact uh, range. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The exact uh, temperature which you want it to trip at. Um, it's going to have a uh, electromechanical uh, contactor uh, switch that's going to be in there to to uh, activate the alarms and shut down the unit. It's going to have a bellows. Um, that's what's at the end of the capillary tube. That's what actually uh, uh, you know enables that. That's the mechanical action that enable that enables that electro uh, mechanical switch. And then they usually have some sort, and this is kind of where it gets a little bit variable, um, whether or not they have a manual reset, whether they have a test button, and sometimes they're, they're one and the same. Sometimes you might not have any uh, of that. So depending on the manufacturer that you get, those, those are kind of the, the variables that you can have. But most commonly, you're going to end up with a test slash reset button uh, on the outside of the unit. So first question you got to ask, where do you put this the body of the freestat device well you want to put it on the top of not not the, literally the top but basically on the uh, the horizontal the vertical face of the unit you want to put it up pretty high um, obviously you don't want you you want to have the capillary tube coming out of the bottom of it so you want the capillary tube going down um, but you want to place it about as high as you can um, on the outside of the casing um, the coverage of the, the capillary tube, now kind of switching over to the capillary tube, capillary tube is a, uh, a thin tube, and, and just to kind of stop and, and, and explain a little bit, if, you, if you're not sure, if you go up to an air handling unit, you're not sure exactly what you're looking at, there's two different types of tubes that you really find in, in air handling units. There's the uh, um, uh, mixed air sensor, uh, so uh, some sort of uh, temperature averaging device, or this low limit uh, cutout. The the, uh, the Freestat low limit cutout tends to be a, a thinner tube. Um, so if you're you're kind of wondering exactly what you're looking at, if it's a thinner tube, more than likely it's going to be the, uh, the low limit cutout, the Freestat. So the the way you're supposed to design these things, uh, the coverage goes that one linear foot of this Freestat covers one about approximately one square foot. Of coil, so if you kind of extrapolate the math here, um, these capillary tubes typically come in. Uh, you're going to find them in 20 foot lengths. Uh, there are also options uh, for smaller ones. You you can some manufacturers sell them in 10 foot lengths. Some actually have six foot lengths. So it depends on what manufacturer you're dealing with. Those are kind of three of the common lengths that you can get for these things. But so you have a one linear foot to one square foot ratio. So that if you had 20 linear feet of this sensing element, you can cover about 20 square foot of coil. Now, 20 square feet of coil, and you do the engineer's average of, okay, say you had a standard velocity, phase velocity of 500 feet per minute. You come up to a quick number of 10,000 CFM uh, for an entire unit for one free step. Now, that's kind of important because you got to think about the layout of these things uh, because you can end up with multiple 
free stats on a single unit. Uh, I've seen I've seen units that were so big that they were actually served by like five free stats. Um, now most of those probably aren't going to see you know a, a lick of duty, but uh, you know you really need to have that quail coverage just in case. So you like I said, you could end up with five if you have something that's um, you know fifty thousand CFM. So you know not to say, and of course not to say that. You know, if you had 11,000 CFM, that one uh, sensing element wouldn't necessarily cover the entire coil. Um, But it's just something that that you need to be aware of. Um, Typically, as a a commissioning agent, if I see uh, a poorly covered coil, you know, I'm going to request that, you know, additional uh, sensing elements be be placed on uh, on the coil to get that proper coverage. So... Now we have uh, you know, the, the critical component, and I guess this probably comes into play uh, most often, or maybe this is the stems of a, a lot of the questions. Where do you put the darn thing? Yeah, where, where does the, the sensing element go? Now, typically, and we're talking air handling units here, you're either going to have one or two coils. Um, typically, if you, have a, uh, uh, if you have one coil, it's going to be on the downstream side of that coil. And in general, it's... It's going to be on the downstream side of any coil. So if you have a heating coil and then a cooling coil, so you have the the heating coil in the preheat position, you're going to have it on the downstream side of that heating coil. So off the heating coil, you're going to have that uh, uh, free stat uh, to protect the cooling coil. If you just have a cooling coil, uh, you're going to put it on the downstream side of that cooling coil. Now, of course, I have to... Take one step back here. I am talking about water coils. I'm not talking about DX coils. Uh, they don't. It. It's not necessary. They're not gonna. They're not gonna burst. So this is only talking about water coils. So if you only have uh, a cooling coil, it's gonna go on the downstream side of that. Alternately, if you have a heating only a heating coil, it's gonna go on the downstream side of that. Regardless. So that's that's where you're gonna want to put it. Um, Typically, you're going to have, you know, and this is, I've seen this in cases where the uh, uh, averaging sensor uh, for, um, f- for the unit actually got switched. So it was on the downstream side and the, the uh, free stat was on the upstream side. So that's a no-no. You want to be able to have those, those switched. Typically, they're not going to put, you know, two sensing elements on, on the same side of the coil. So you want to have the free stat on the downstream side of your coil. All right, now we have that explained. When you enter the casing, so you have the thing mounted, you're gonna en- you're gonna you're gonna put the tube through the casing. Typically, you're gonna drill a hole through the casing. Now, that, obviously, that's gonna be kind of a sharp edge. It's not, it's not gonna be smooth. You're gonna have uh, it's gonna be kind of kind of rough there. So you want to make sure that you're gonna put a uh, some sort of grommet, some sort of uh, you know a cover on the sensing element as it goes as it goes through there. Um, typically you might, uh, what I've you know, seen a lot of lately is just, you're going to have some sort of, um, you know, uh, rubber casing that goes over it just to, just to protect it. So the thing that you want to you, you be concerned about and why this even matters is that if the, if the sensing element vibrates at all, um, you know, with the, obviously you have the fan and in, in the air handler, it's going to move a little bit. Um, and you don't want that minute, uh, movement to uh, etch away at the outside casing of the tubing because, you know, eventually it's, it's going to fail. 
So, and then you have to replace the element because it's going to, it's going to lose all its pressure. So very critical to have that when you penetrate the casing to have that grommet. I've seen it missed, <coughs> excuse me, a whole bunch of times. Now you're inside the, inside the unit. How do you lay this out? Okay. Now in, in, up until now, usually most people get it are, are pretty good at it. Now the artistic side of these, uh, you know, whether whether it was installed in a factory like that or whether the uh, uh, controls contractor installed these things, this is where it gets artistic. And from all the literature I've seen, they've only said one way. You want to have the layout, and I'll say this slowly for emphasis, in a downward horizontal serpentine. That means it's going from side to side a whole heck of a lot more than it's going top to bottom. So you want to be able to cover basically, you know, and you're going to space, the, the tube is going to be, it wants to be a foot apart, obviously, because the, uh, the foot of coverage uh, kind of says, okay, six inches down, six inches above, that covers the coil for that, that square foot. So you're going to have, between the different rows, you're going to have about a foot of spacing, and you want to be able to end your last row uh, of, of uh, the sensing element. You want it six inches above the bottom of the coil. All right. So it's very critical now that you don't crimp or crush or pinch the element. This tube, I mean, it's a, it's a thin tube, so it's really easy to uh, uh, you manhandle it a little bit and, and crimp it. Um, but what that effectively does is at the point where you crimped it or crushed it, uh, that's, that's where it ends. That's where the sensing element ends then. So you don't get, and, and since the end of the element typically is on the bottom of the coil where you need it the most, if you crimped it anywhere before that, you you lose the coverage of the bottom coil, so you're gonna be you're gonna want to be careful and not uh, pinch it. If you're if you're inspecting it, you want you want to look for that. You just kind of follow it back and forth and make sure that it's it's going back in in that in that serpentine manner and it's not crimped or bent or anything like that. Um, so when you're going back and forth along the face of the coil, typically there's going to be some sort of uh, metal angles that you're going to be able to tie off on. Uh, there again, uh, you want to be able to secure it. Uh, a lot of times they're going to have, the, you know, the manufacturers will actually have pre-made bends for you. They're, they're made of plastic. I've seen some made of metal. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, you get the metal-on-metal metal contact. You get some corrosion. Obviously, it eats through the, uh, uh, you know, eats through the metal tubing, and there you lose your element again. So, but the plastic, obviously, that's not going to have any sort of you know, catalytic reaction to the metal-on-metal uh, the metal, um, as opposed to the metal-on-metal. So those are the nice sweeps. They give you the nice sweeps so you don't have the sharp bends. So you take, take those and use that, those, those on the ends. Sometimes they're going to have standoffs um, where you're crossing that, uh, those, uh, uh, you know, those bracings, those uh, angles along the quail facing. Um, so you're going to be able to tie it off on there. And two, it's important to remember, um, again, you want to have, when you're, when you're doing that turn, you're going to want to have some sort of, 
uh, protection. If you're gonna if you're gonna zip tie it uh, to the coil facing, you're gonna want to have some of that uh, the the rubber tubing um, surrounding that, protecting that, uh, so you're not um, you know accidentally you know tightening it too much, or you know you you want to be able to cushion that uh, and you know be secure yet not too firm. So you've got it placed back and forth, and I you know I realize you know if if you <laughs> not having installed one of these things and knowing that you know what I want is I want that last you know that 6 inches off the bottom of the coil I want that whole row to be perfect and then you work your way back um you know like like christmas tree lights I, I tend to go you know down and up and you know you, you, you kind of have to get the space and get the feel for it uh, a little bit um so that's that that can be a little bit difficult but it's it's well worth it you know, try not to, you know, try to use all the lengths, try not to, you know, just tie it back to itself. Again, you're in danger of crimping that and, uh, you know, um, getting proper, improper uh, uh, operation off of that. So now you have it installed correctly per the manufacturer's recommendations. Now what? Well, now you got the operation of the unit. Okay, the operation is relatively simple. Manufa- the manufacturers state, state that typically 12 to 18 inches, uh, any section 12 to 18 inches of that tube, it goes below the set point that you've set, um, you're going to have the unit trip. Now, when that unit trips, the, uh, the, when the contactor, when that switch trips, what you're gonna, two things are going to happen you're going to uh, open the contactor that kills the fan. And when the fan goes, the whole unit goes into a unoccupied setting. So outside air damper closes, return damper opens, fan shuts off, the valves go into the normally, um, their normally closed position. Um, now, typically that's going to be, you know, heating valve open, cooling valve closed. Uh, so all that should go into an unoccupied setting. Um, and then the second thing it does is it uh, closes a signal to the building automation system um, saying that we have an alarm. So opens opens the fan contact, closes the BAS contact. So, and that is the same thing again. When you want to test a unit, you're going to go up there and you're going to you're going to hold the button. It, sometimes it's a two person job. That's a, a, you know, a better way to do it because one person can check out the unit while the other person holds it. These are t- test buttons. Typically, you know, you don't press it and then then it goes off. You have to hold it there. So my rule of thumb is carry change with you when you do the testing. That way, you can pull out a you know quarter nickel, whatever you have uh, in your pocket, and you 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 save your thumb that way. So you can you can press down on that button and hold it for the minute or two that the other guy is checking it out. So that's that's my tip uh, for the day on the uh, on, on testing. So typically, there's going to be uh, two types of the uh, the uh, uh, these free stats. There's going to be the manual reset and the automatic reset. Now, I'm a big fan of the manual reset because that that kind of mandates that the operator gets off gets off his duff and and goes to check on the uh, the unit itself. So uh, if something went wrong and the unit tripped off, they're there to say, okay, you know what? Uh, I see the reason. Let's correct it, uh, and then they'll reset the uh, reset the unit, 
and uh, let it go on its merry way. If you have an automatic reset, that can be bad because, again, you know, you're talking temperature here. So if the unit trips off and there's an automatic reset, so it warms up a little bit, trips off again, warms up a little bit, trips off again, you could still have a potential to freeze out a coil. So manual reset, I'm always in favor of the manual reset. Obviously, there are some conditions where you're going to get away from that. But again, by default, I would just have a manual reset. So now the exciting part. And this is, you know, I just, I dig deeper. I'm like, okay, well, you say 12 to 18 inches and the unit trips. Okay, why? Why does it do that? Well, here's the science behind it, which, you know, I like. You have this capillary tube filled with vapor. Now, this vapor is uh, basically put into this capillary tube, and uh, it expands, and it opens the bellows. The bellows is kind of on the end, so it just kind of you know puffs out the bellows um, as it expands. When you cool this vapor, it condenses into a liquid and changes the pressure. So it condenses, you know, it's it's basically kind of sucking in now, and that bellows collapses and makes the contact. So that's that's how it you know technically happens. So you have the 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 liquid or the uh, the vapor that expands the bellows, and then when it goes below that set point, it contracts, and that that bellows uh, makes that that contact trip. So that's that's the interesting interesting part of it. And again, you can kind of see where you, if you crimp that, then, you know, the vapor that it it sees, it only sees the vapor that's in, you know, between the bellows and the crimp. It doesn't see the, after the crimp. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't care about that. If that turns into liquid, then it's just going to be, you know, fighting against the pressure of that, you know, the joint um, or where the crimp is. So what's important to know about free stats and you know, why is it that everybody, you know, needs to know more information about them? Free stats improperly applied uh, are going to, you know, uh, have nuisance trips. And this is a bad thing because the free stat in and of itself is, you know, does the perfect job. I mean, it, it's perfectly applied. It's, it's, it's the right technology, um, you know, obviously when installed properly. Um, and, and, it really, it really does the job, and it's really reliable. Well, if it doesn't, if it's inst- installed improperly, or there's something wrong with the design where you're constantly tripping the freestat, now you have uh, the um, building operator losing faith in this. It's, it's, it's the whole boy who cried wolf syndrome. You know, if the freestat trips off, so what? You can get freestat that um, are, you know, bypassed, are not used, you know, are held open, are rewired, are taken out, disconnected, and then you're back to no protection for your coils, for your water coils that are in the unit. So you want to make sure that they're tested correctly and they're installed correctly uh, so you can avoid this, uh, the, the nuisance trips, and uh, um, uh, things like that. So typically, you know, you're going to have on, on the nuisance trips, the reason, the reason, obviously, that you want to protect the bottom of the coil um, is that, you know, cold air settles to the bottom of the coil. 
and whether the the um, you know sometimes when the outside air damper might be a little bit open uh, or you have the outside air damper um, coming in the back end and the return air coming in the top you're going to get the stratification effect where the 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 uh, outside air just hugs the bottom of the unit it's going to hit the bottom of the coil freeze it bust bust a coil uh, water all over the place so if you have the free stat there you know to shut down the unit uh, if you don't get that proper blending, and uh, you know uh, you can you can settle it like that. But there again, if you have that configuration and you don't modify, you know you don't get that air um, you know turbulated anywhere, just mixed up uh, anymore. You're you're going to have that problem. Or sometimes you know in in I've seen cases where if you've had energy recovery wheels, if you had a bypass that's on the bottom of the energy wheel uh, that's open. Uh, sometimes you get that stratification uh, effect that way too, and it hits the bottom of the coil, trips off the free stat. So you want to be able to solve the the you know the why why is it tripping on the, uh, it, to avoid these nuisance trips. Uh, so you want to get something that you know in fact if it trips, you know there's a bona fide reason why it trips, and they can they can deal with it then. So you want to you want to make sure that you eliminate the nuisance trips. That has got to be the bane of the free stat's existence. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I have. I hope that was a, uh, a good enough explanation. I'm going to uh, leave some links on the website uh, to some uh, you know, PDF material uh, so you can, you can see for yourself and look at the installation manuals uh, that, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not making this stuff up. But um, so that's, uh, that's it for this week. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, uh, please let me know. If you have any suggestions, you can give me a holler over at matt at buildingx.co. Uh, or you can follow me at, on Twitter at, matt, at buildingx. So uh, that's it for uh, this week. Uh, any suggestions, let me know. Otherwise, until then, until next time, remember, know what you build and share what you know. Hey!